You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Father, we thank you this evening for this word. It's a prepared word for a prepared life. And I ask that let the anointing begin to work. Let the angel of destiny, let his assignment be activated. And I pray above all things, let wisdom prevail. Let understanding be shared in our hearts abroad. Through Christ our Lord, I ask this. Amen. All right, so tonight's message is very crucial and very critical for me. So I really do want you to listen with rapt attention. For the past two weeks, we've been dealing with the prepared place. And we've explored various aspects of the prepared life. We talked about the prepared word. We talked about the prepared place. And today we are talking about the prepared life. Now, it is important tonight that we settle certain issues. And I pray that as we delve into the word, the picture will become clearer to us. And one of the things I perceive in the spirit this evening is that many of us who need courage and boldness to embrace the essence of the message tonight. So I pray that as we listen, the spirit of courage and boldness will find expression in our hearts and in our lives through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's delve into the word. Tonight we are talking about the prepared life. The prepared life. Now remember the broader context is the prepared place. Now, we've seen that the prepared place is about the temple. It's about the place that God also prepared to reveal the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Then we've also seen that it is about the prepared word that is supposed to set our lives in motion. And it is, it is not only about the prepared word, but tonight we are going to discover it's about the prepared life. What am I talking about? Our first scripture will be taken from Galatians chapter 2. We are going to read verses 16 to 21. But the emphasis is going to be on verse 20 and 21. Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God 
who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, but if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So once again, I'm repeating the verse 20 and 21. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Now let's read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 is a scripture that is very dear to my heart because it's, it's really shaped my life and it is still shaping my life. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I'm repeating it again. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk them. So, a little backstory to the message. On Sunday, I was reflecting and thinking about things to do and what this week's message is going to be about. And as I was praying and thinking whilst in church... The Lord started telling a story in my ears. And he was telling me about how creation itself is telling us the story of the gospel. And as God started painting a picture, I started seeing a pattern, especially in the book of Genesis. The Bible says that after God had created everything, he saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. And then after he saw that it was good, he said that he found that there was not a help that was meat for the man. He did not find a companion appropriate for the man. So what the Lord did was that, well, let me create man and find a companion that is suitable for him. And after God had brought this suitable help to the man, the man acknowledged that this creation too, it was good. The, the, the woman that was brought before Adam, when we read the text, literally what I perceive from the text is that she took his breath away because the statement that came out of his mouth was, this is indeed bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Then after the Bible says that the God prepared a garden where he put the man. God prepared a garden. God planted a garden in the east of the Eden. And the Bible says that God put man there. And in this garden, God put everything that was good for food and everything that was pleasing to the eye. So when God brought Adam and Eve into the garden, the garden was prepared for them. I don't want to deviate because um, we are going to end the prepared place next week. We are actually going to talk about the prepared place which is synonymous to the garden experience. But as I thought about this creation story, I realized that God indeed, when he thought of man, God prepared a life for a man. When God brought Adam into existence, God thought about the future of Adam. He thought about the life of Adam. He thought about the life of human, the human race. He thought about our lives and so this story is made clear when we read jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 i know the plans i have for your life for your destiny for your calling for your ministry for your career 
I know those plans because I prepared those plans. And it says that they are plans to give you a future and a hope. So I want you to understand that as we are thinking about the prepared life, you have to understand that God, as we talked about it the other day, when we talk about something that is prepared, it, it, it requires that thinking goes into it because there must be a need for a design. There must be a need for a strategy because it is the strategy that is going to inform the change and the transformation. So we need thinking. So as man, you have to understand that God has thought about us. God did not just think about Israel, but God thought about you and I in Africa. He thought about you and I in West Africa. He thought about you in Europe. He thought about you in North America. He thought about you in Asia. He thought about you wherever you find yourself on the face of the earth. God thought about it and prepared a life for you. You see, what we are, as we've learned over time, is that we are his temple. And because we are his temple, when we read uh, uh, 1 Kings chapter 6, you are going to realize that when they were building the, the temple of Solomon, one of the things that they incorporated into the temple was the building of chambers. There were, there were three levels of chambers that were incorporated into the building. And what, were, what was the purpose of that chamber? It served as a storage. Then it also served as a place for some of the priests who were on duty in the temple to rest, to sleep, in order for them to perform their duties. Because if you look at the Levitical priesthood, one of the things you will learn is that when the priest came, they came in sessions. And so when you read Chronicles, you are going to re realize that even in the, in the tabernacle of David, he had 24 levels of choirs. And they came and ministered every hour for 24 hours every day until the tabernacle was no more. So what I am saying is this, when God prepared us as a temple, he prepared our lives into it. He incorporated our lives into it. And he, 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 he made it such that our lives will revolve around the temple. That is in quote, the meeting place, the place where God's name is. The place where God's glory is. The place where God's power is. The place where God's presence is. So the life that God has prepared for you and I, just as in the Garden of Eden, he has prepared it such that he can have communion with us. So that he can come and visit us. So that he can have fellowship with us. So in our prepared life, there is a place for communion. There is a place for communion. And as we are reading in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, he says that this path, this, this life is called the life of good works. And he's saying that this life called good works, he has prepared beforehand. It means that you were the eye. We, we are not supposed to struggle in understanding what we are to do in life. Because what we are to do, who we are to become in Christ Jesus has already been decided. And that is why the Apostle Paul 
in writing to the Galatian church, emphasizes this point that it is in Christ our life has transitioned by living away from the law and now we have been called to live by faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And he, he, he advances the thought further to say that the life that I am now living, it is no longer my life, but it is this Christ who by faith I have committed my life to. He is now regulating my life. He is now directing my path. He is now in charge of my life. I don't make decisions. I don't make choices. I don't think about my career. I don't think about my marriage without involving him because now it is he who is living his life through me. So this is the point I am making. The prepared life is the life that God has given us in his son, Jesus Christ. Now, you have to understand that this prepared life it is not just about our career, our ministry, our calling, where we will sleep, where we will live, uh, what we will do, who we will marry. But this prepared life is actually situated in the resurrected life. It is about the aftermath of the resurrection. When Christ died and rose again, what did he accomplish for us? That is the life that God has prepared for you and I. To live our life experiencing the grace that was procured for us through his death and resurrection from the cross and by his ascension into the heavens. Because you see, the life that he has prepared for you and I, it, he, he is the only one that can live it. And that is why in order to discover this life, you and I, we will need the Holy Spirit. That is why in the, in the act of, of the apostles, he tells them, go and wait. I have prepared a life for you. You know, he said that I, I, in the gospel of John, he actually tells them that, I am going to my father's house and I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you will find yourself there. That is what he tells his disciples in the gospel of John. Then in the gospel, in the act of the apostles, he tells them that I, I, have, I have paid the price for the life I want you to experience. And so in order to transition into that life, I want you to go and wait for me in Jerusalem. And when the helper comes, he's going to help you to transition into this prepared life. And so you will realize that after the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit, their opinions, their desires, their expectations, their cravings, everything was toward the Lord. They lived their prepared life. They lived their prepared life. Their movement were, were inspired by him. Their, their message was inspired by him. Their actions, their decisions, their choices, it was inspired by him. The prepared life. So he has prepared a life for you and I. It is called good works. Good works. Now, I am not suggesting to you that because according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, the Bible says that he has prepared good works for us 
to walk in, I am not suggesting to you that our life is supposed to be problem free. That is not what I am suggesting. I'll attend to that later on. But what I want to say is that the life that he has prepared for us can be likened to the experience of men and women who understood what it meant to live the life of God in the earth. How do I mean? Jesus is our typical example. Before Jesus came, there were so many prophecies about who he will be, who he was, where he will be born, what he would do. And so, when, when we read Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews, communicating what Christ came to accomplish, says this. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 5 to 7. He says this, that Christ came to live knowing that his life was written in the volume of the books. So when he came into the world, he came to live his life according to that which was written concerning him. That he will be born in Jerusalem, that he will be born to a virgin, that he will heal the sick, that he will raise the dead, that he will open the eyes of the blind, that he will die in Jerusalem, that he will rise again from the dead, that he would ascend into the heavens and that he will come again. He came to live his life according to that which was written in what we call the volume of the book, according to the book of Hebrews. He says that, consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. So Christ came to live his life in the earth. And when I say Christ, I mean God took on flesh, as we have read in Philippians chapter 2. God took on flesh, put himself through the experience of the natural man, just so that this body that was prepared for him, he could experience it. But a body you are prepared for me, not in bed offerings or sin offerings, because he says that I have come to do your will, O God. So he, the, the prepared life is about doing or living the will of God out in your life. Until you and I understand his will for our lives, until you and I understand his desires for our life, we will struggle. You know, I find it very interesting, you know, that sometimes when we have parents or we know people or we even as growing up as parents, we are going to find that some of our children are very brilliant in school. They are the ones that are getting all the A's. Then we are going to find that there is another child that is not so brilliant, maybe a little stubborn. Let's make it moderate, a little stubborn. Whenever we think about the one who will serve God, the natural response will be to give God the one that is not the best. Because the one that is the best can be aeronautical engineer it can be a civil engineer can be a doctor can be an inventor can be a chemist can be a physicist you know can live in quote a meaningful life and pursue a meaningful career but this one that we've not been able to figure out his life let us pray to god that god will save him perhaps he will become the pastor or the prophet do you know why because we don't understand the life that God prepares. When we understand that 
he has prepared a life for us life is going to be much much more easier to handle i'm not saying that the experiences of life are going to be much more easier but life is going to be much more easier just like jesus we cannot say that the the life of jesus was easy because he had to die on the cross but he came to terms with the conditions of his life that he he had come to the world to die to save the world the reason for his coming the reason for god taking on flesh hanging on the cross naked and rising on the third day was so that the problem of sin could be dealt with that was what he that was the life that was prepared for him so that he can usher you and i into glory so what is our prepared life our prepared life is discovering the will of god for our life probably that's where the challenge is because we have not been trained to discover the will of god in our lives maybe you are you are a doctor but god called you to be a lawyer it's not that you are not doing well as a doctor you might be doing well as a doctor but in his books the volume it is recorded that you should be a lawyer maybe you are a lecturer in the university but in his books it is recorded that you should be a a kindergarten teacher that is the life that he has prepared for you and i until we discover this we are going to struggle in life in the sense that we will be we will be living life but then we are not going to find fulfillment and satisfaction from it so we see a lot of people living and they are not finding satisfaction this evening i was watching a movie after studying a while and i realized that the movie was very complementary to the message that i was preparing them it's a movie about a writer who has been struggling in life he knows that he was born to write but for the many years that he has been writing, trying to get his work published, he's not getting a publisher. And this has led to financial struggles. This has led to relational struggles. And because of that, um, he sees his friends who are fellow writers doing well. And one day he lost his job. He has an accident. His friend that he's been struggling with, Lance, a very good contract out of anger and frustration he throws his typewriter through the window it flies and it kills a woman then the devil appears and says that i can make everything go away if you give me your soul i will give you success for 10 years then after that i can have your soul he signed the contract by the end of the 10 years he realized that that was not the kind of success that he was asking for because he had the money he had the woman he had the cars he had the TV appearances. He had his books being turned into movies. But yet still he knew that he had no joy. He had no fulfillment. He had no friends. His success was not the life that was prepared for him. He was prepared to be a writer, but he went ahead of God. So what is the template we are supposed to follow? You realize that the prepared life of God cuts across all phases of our lives. It cuts across our family life, our community life, our, our religious life. It cuts across our financial life, our social, our economic. It cuts across. 
the life that he has prepared, it's, it, he, God has thought about all these things. So if you are in Ghana, you are in Nigeria, you are in South Africa, you are in North America, you are in the UK, you are, you are in, in South America, wherever it is that you find yourself, even if you find yourself in Asia and Europe, you have to understand that God has thought about it and he has a reason and a purpose for situating you where you are it is according to the book of proverbs it is it is the wisdom of god to conceal a matter but it is the glory of kings to search out that matter so our glory in life is that we will search out his will for our life because in discovering his will we are going to discover the life that he has prepared for us but you see one of the beautiful things i have found through scripture is that god will not leave us bereft of this life that he has prepared for us he he actually in various points in our life through various channels and various means communicates these aspects of the prepared life it can come through a prophetic word it can come through a vision it can come through um a word of knowledge it can come through uh, a dream he will he will one way or the other communicate this prepared life to you and i what do i why do i see this in psalm 139 verses 13 to 16 the scripture talks about how god has carefully put us together how we are fearfully and wonderfully made but he does not only reveal this mystery he also reveals another mystery in this test and he says that certainly you made my mind and my heart you wove me together in my mother's womb i will give you thanks because your deeds are awesome and amazing you knew me thoroughly so listen god knows us thoroughly my bones were not hidden from you when i was made in secret and sewed together in the depth of the earth your eyes saw me when i was inside the womb all the days ordained for me were recorded in your scroll before one of them came into existence all the days ordained for me they were recorded in god's scroll everything that you and i are supposed to be what we are supposed to accomplish he has recorded everything. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, tells us or reveals this truth to us. That keeping our eyes on Jesus, who is the perfecter of our faith, he says that who for the phrase I want to capitalize on is that when you read that text, it talks about who for the joy that was set before him. The prepared life is about discovering his will. It is about discovering the joy that was that is set before you. There is a joy. There is a reward. There is a crown. There is an elevation. There is an anointing. There is a blessing that has been set before you. But the question is, can you see it? Can you imagine it? Can you touch it? Can you feel can you can, can you embrace it there is a joy set before him because you see many of us we 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 are not living the prepared life because you know when i started i did say that the prepared life is living the life of christ through us it it it, it makes life easier to live but it doesn't necessarily mean it is a it is an easy life because you see the prepared life when we read psalm 139 tells us that 
in the prepared life there is the issue of time all the days allotted to me are set before you all the days that have been ordained for me i am supposed to live with time you see when jesus christ was born in the earth there were so many wonderful prophecies about him can you imagine a child being born and angels appearing to shepherds singing to let men know that unto you in this earth realm is born this day someone who is going to be a savior of the world angels testify can you imagine someone being born and people traveling for two years to come and find him where he lay yet jesus when he was born did not become jesus until a certain day a certain day where he met a man called john the baptist and in a certain time when it was allotted and permitted for him to be baptized by john jesus christ did not manifest as the son of god immediately that he was born it took time for him to grow so in the gospel of luke chapter 2 we are told that this jesus he grew in all wisdom he grew in all stature then he grew in favor with god and man jesus grew in his prepared life but many of us we don't want to grow into this prepared life we want to be announced in this prepared life we want to wake up one day and we are millionaires we want to wake up one day and everything is working we we we, we want to circumvent the process called time the prepared life is is bound to time the prepared life is a function of time and so when we read the gospel of john once again the bible says that jesus is goes to a wedding and his mother says that they've run out of wine jesus says that woman it is not yet my time you see so the prepared life functions with time when apostle paul was told that he was going to die he said i'm not going to die because i have not yet preached the gospel in rome he knew that in in the life that was prepared for him he was shown that he will preach the gospel in rome and so when they were even being taken to rome and he told the the the, the captain of the ship that the weather is not good let us let us wait and travel another time and they disobeyed him the bible says that he interceded for the people and god sent an angel and he said that the angel of the lord stood by me and and said that nobody will lose his life in, in this storm why because in his prepared life he was supposed to appear in rome church history tells us that when peter was about to be killed there was an opportunity for him to run away but instead of running away rather he invited the roman soldiers in had a meal with them had a, a had fellowship with the brethren then after he told them that take me because jesus has come to tell me that it is time for me to come home on the other hand when it comes to apostle john he couldn't die because he was yet to receive the the revelation that he received so that you and i can know what shall be in the end so the the life that he has called us into in christ it is prepared what is another example another example is jeremiah 
Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, Jeremiah chapter 1, when we start reading from verse 4, he says that the word of the Lord came to me and he says that, Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you, I called you, I approved you to be a prophet. And he said, I am but a child. You see, God had prepared his life for him. He was supposed to live a life as a prophet. But at that time, Jeremiah was living his life as a youth, as a teenager, as a, a, someone who loved God, but I am young, so you know, I'm going to... But God appears to him one day and says that this is that time. This is what I have prepared you for. All these desires that you've been having, all this ache that you've been having in your heart, all this, uh, this devotion and, and love you have for me, it is because... Whilst you were in your mother's womb, I prepared you to live your life as a prophet. For some of us, you have been prepared to live as engineers. For some of us, you have been prepared to live as teachers. For some of us, you have been prepared to live as caterers. For some of us, you have been prepared to uh, live as fashion designers. For some of us, you have been prepared to live as inventors. For some of us, you have been prepared to live as marketers. Some of us, you have been prepared to live as director in certain companies. It is a prepared life. But the question is, do you know it? Have you discovered it? Psalm, Psalm 89, I want to end with Psalm 89 and a couple of others, uh, two more scriptures. They are all tied together. Psalm 89 is also another scripture that has really blessed my life. And in Psalm 89, this is David writing. The, uh, Psalm 89 is for the masculine of eating the Ezraite. And the, in this masculine, he talks about David. So when we start reading from verse 19, he says that of old, listen to the language, of old, that is, before I became who I am, this is David speaking, of old you spoke in a vision to your godly one and said, now the godly one here is a reference to a prophet that God sent into David's life. Of old you spoke in a vision to your godly one and said, I have granted help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him, so that my hand shall be established with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him. And strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him. And in my name shall his horn be exalted. And he goes on to talk about the life that he has prepared for David. But he says that of old you spoke in a vision to your godly one. What vision is he talking about? The vision is in Second Samuel chapter 7. This is believed to be the vision of Nathan the prophet. So uh, let me read from verse number verse number eight. Let me start reading from verse number eight. Second Samuel chapter seven, reading from verse number eight. Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts. So this is God telling Nathan to go and speak to David. I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And 
I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they may dwell in their own land, in their own place, and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall not afflict them no more, as, as formerly. From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. This is God's word to David. When your days are fulfilled and you lie, so remember the issue of time. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you. Who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men. Now I want you to understand this. Remember verse 14. I will discipline when he commits iniquity. I will discipline him with the rod of men. With the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him. As I took it from Saul. Whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words. And in accordance with all this vision. Nathan spoke to David. So when we are reading Psalm 89. He says that. Of old, you spoke to your servant through a vision. He is saying that you spoke to Nathan the prophet and you spoke to alert him to let David know about the life that you have prepared for him. The glorious life, the, the majestic life, the victorious life, the conqueror's life, the overcomer's life. That is the life I have prepared. But in so many times and situations, we struggle to come to terms with a prepared life. Because you see, we all have our dreams as men. David had a dream. His dream was to be a shepherd who would look after his father's sheep. And he believed that one day, the, probably the sheep would be handed over to him and he was going to make his wealth from being a head keeper. But God had other plans. It's the same story that we can tell with Gideon. It's the same story that we can tell with Saul, even though he backslid it. It's the same story that we can tell with Samuel. It's the same story that we can tell with Samson. It's the same story that we can tell with um, John the Baptist. In all these stories, one thing is evident that God prepared a life for them to live. And you see, the life that God prepared... Is to is a life that tells the story of God in their lives. So God has called you and He has prepared a life for you, and that life is supposed to tell the story of God's life, the story of His faithfulness, the story of His power, the story of His victories, the stories of His majesty. God has prepared a life for you and I in Christ Jesus. To demonstrate his glory. But you see many a times we struggle with it. So you see the marriage that you want to marry. You, are, you, are, you have set your heart on, on a vain glory. You, you are looking for a man and a woman that is handsome. That is beautiful. That is wealthy. They are all good standards. But the question is. 
is that part of your prepared life because you see if you find anything in your life that is not part of the prepared life that thing will be just like in the garden of eden a curse to you it, it will hunt your life it will trouble your life it will bring temptations into your life it will be like the snake that finds itself in the garden in the prepared life and so many of us what we have is that we have allowed the snakes to appear in our garden in our prepared life and because the snake is not being driven out we are entertaining the voice of the snake and because we are entertaining the voice of the snake what the voice of the snake will do in relation to our prepared life is that he will question the life that God has prepared for you. Did God say, do not surely eat? Did God say that this is your career? Did God say that you should live in Ghana? Did God say that you should live in America? Did God say that this is the career that he has prepared for you? The snake in the garden will cause you to question and doubt the voice of God. He will question the life that he has prepared for you. He will bring doubts in your heart he will cause temptations to arise in your life and if you are not strong and if you don't drive that snake out of that garden that snake will cause you to lose your inheritance you see the bible says that israel asked for a king and god went to look for saul but in that day when saul was crowned king he entertained the voice of the snake and in the the the, the 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 English people will say that the the thing that broke the camel's back, the stroke that broke the camel's back, was that day when Saul thought that he could be Samuel in the presence of God, and he offered a sacrifice he was not supposed to offer with with things that God had devoted to destruction. So it could be that. You have discovered your prepared life, but if you don't allow God to give you courage, if you don't allow God to give you boldness, if you don't allow God to equip you in that prepared life, you are going to lose the battle of your life. You are going to lose the battle of your destiny. And so many people are losing the battle of their lives. Many people are losing the battle of their destiny. Many people... They are struggling to find rhythm in their life. We are questioning ourselves. Why all these struggles? Why all these temptations? Why all this pain? Why all these disappointments? The best question we can ask is this. Is this the prepared life? Because he has said that we are his workmanship. Ah, The workmanship there means we are the poem of God. It means that we are the masterpiece of God. It's like an artist bringing out his best work. And so when we read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, he says that we are God's best work that he is presenting to the world. We are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship. And you see, this workmanship or this masterpiece, it can only be created in Christ Jesus. It cannot be outside Christ Jesus. The glory cannot be outside Christ. The majesty cannot be outside Christ. The victory cannot be outside Christ. Because the life that he has prepared, he has prepared in the resurrection life. 
It is the resurrected life. It is the resurrected glory. It is the glory of the latter house. It is the glory of the latter temple. It is the glory of, of God in his majesty in the world and the age to come. It is about the kingdom of his dear son. And this is where I want to end Isaiah chapter 9. When we allow God to use us to express this life, the Bible says that the zeal of the Lord will do it. This is Isaiah chapter 9. This is how it starts. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea and beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you and with joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken us on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trumpet warrior in the battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. When we embrace this prepared life, we will go through challenges because remember, it starts by saying what? There will be no longer gloom for those who were in anguish. It means that, you see, when we start this prepared life, you are asking, what shall become of me? Maybe you have been born into a deprived family. Maybe you have been born with a disadvantage. Maybe you have been born with a, an economic depravity. Maybe you find yourself in a situation that is dark, that is gloomy, that has no hope. And so you have given your life to Christ because there was the promise that in him there is glory. In him there is victory. In him there is majesty. In him there is life. And you have given yourself to Christ but it appears as if there has not yet been a transition into that prepared life. But you see the Bible says that the moment you gave yourself to him, we were translated from the kingdom of darkness and we became part of this new kingdom. And in this kingdom, he gave us the prepared life. 
And now that we are embracing this prepared life, we are going to realize that as we walk with Him in time, as we trust in Him in time, as we depend on Him in time, we are going to find strength to overcome our battles. We are going to find wisdom to prevail over the enemy's uh, wits and attacks. And He's going to give us understanding to build and to create and he's going to give us insight and revelation to dwell in light because those that lived in deep darkness upon them has the great light shone and so in this prepared life he's going to lead us by light and as he lead us the bible says that in your light we shall see light and as he leads us by his light you are going to begin to see everything that you are supposed to do you are going to have dreams you are going to have visions but when you begin to have dreams and when you begin to have visions maybe you are 20 maybe you are 23 maybe you are 28 maybe you are 32 maybe you are 35 maybe you are 40 maybe you are 60 and you are listening to me and you are asking what is my prepared life remember go back to the dream go back to the vision he said that of old you spoke to your holy one in a vision go and take that vision Go and take that prophecy. That prophecy that said that God said that I am going to make this out of you. I'm going to do that with you. Begin to see the picture of that life. Ah, I'm going to be. I'm going to be someone who takes care of orphans. I'm, I'm going to be someone who travels the nations. I'm going to be someone who is married to a ruler of a nation. I'm going to be somebody who is an inventor. I'm going to be someone who cures diseases. I'm going to be a preacher. I'm going to be this. Be- begin to see that picture. And as you begin to see that picture, now begin to. Paint that picture for your life. Begin to accept that picture for your life. Because you see, it requires that you and I, we accept that picture. The prepared life requires us to be disciplined. You see, when we read the book of Hebrews chapter 12, we are going to find that it talks about the discipline of the Lord. Jesus had to be disciplined to fulfill destiny. John the Baptist at a point in time lost his discipline so we saw what became of him Uh, solomon even though he was a child of prophecy and he fulfilled prophecy because he he lacked discipline at a point in time he created more problems look at abraham our father god gave him a promise and because he, he was not disciplined to keep the promise and walk in the tenet of the promise look at what we are enduring today in our time because he went if he had stayed with sarah our world will not be what it looked like today so the prepared life takes discipline and sometimes when we are going through the challenges he's giving us the discipline he's training us to be disciplined to discipline our desires to discipline our cravings to discipline our wants to discipline our needs sometimes you desire to eat ice cream but he says i don't want you to eat ice cream i want you to drink water sometimes you desire to eat some fufu with something but he says that this time i don't want you to eat i want you to fast and i want you to wait upon me he is teaching as the discipline of the Lord it because this prepared life will take discipline to accomplish it it requires endurance you need to endure because the Bible says that 
in the book of Habakkuk, it says that the vision is for an appointed time. Though it tarries, wait for it because surely it will be fulfilled. So it takes endurance, the ability to wait, the ability to endure, the ability to trust through the wait. It, it, it is going, you, are, you and I, we are going to need it because you see, endurance requires that we understand the place of time and chance and that is why even in this period as we are still praying in this season of of time grace and elevation we we understand the place of time and chance and if you will understand time and chance you realize that every word that he will ever speak to you every promise that he would ever give to you concerning the life that you have, he has prepared for you and I if we will be obedient and we will walk in the way he is teaching us and instructing us to go in you will realize that our life will indeed be glorious our beginning might not look that glorious but surely our end will tell a different story they might be asking that where is our god today but surely in a time to come in a season to come they will know that our god with is with us we might be struggling to eat today but a day is going to come that we are going to ask ah there's so much food can we take some elsewhere their prepared life is his life it is glorious it is amazing it is wonderful but you need to accept it. Many of us, we are struggling to accept it. Because maybe you are working in a hospital right now, but you feel a strong calling on your life. That God is calling you to be a priest. And you're like, no, I don't want to be a priest. I want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a preacher of the gospel. But the edge, the edge is there. He's saying that I have prepared a people for you to raise with your voice. A people to train with your voice. But he said, no, I want to help people with my hands. (laughs) It is time, like Jeremiah, even though we have doubt, even though we have struggle, it is time, like Jeremiah, we say that, oh God, (laughs) do with me as you please. It is time, like, like David, we say that, God, do with me as you please. It is time like Gideon, we say, God, do with me as you please. It is time like John the Baptist, we say, God, do with me as you please. It is time like Apostle Paul, we say that, God, do with me what you please. I want this prepared life. Because in the prepared life is your anointing. In the prepared life is your mercy. In the prepared life is your grace. In the prepared life is your elevation. Everything that you will need to live this godly life, he has prepared for you and I in his path of good works. It is his path. It is his path. It is his path. And this evening, I am calling on you as you call on God. And we are standing together as a house. And we are saying that God, give me this life. The Bible says that Jesus met the Samaritan woman and after speaking to her, he said that then, then give me this water to drink. There is a water that we can drink that we will test no more. There is a food that we can eat and we will hunger no more. There is a life that we can live that we will see glory, that we will see power. Many of us, we are asking 
Is God powerful? Accept the prepared life and you will know that God is powerful. Somebody is asking, does God work miracles? Accept the prepared life and you will be shocked the kind of miracles that God can work. So this evening, I was very encouraged because I've been thinking about certain things. Somebody sent me a message and I received that message. The message that you sent was very encouraging. Because you see, I've been thinking about something. There is a prepared life. But we are doing so many things because of that. We, we cannot pay attention to the prepared life. And as much as we stray from the prepared life, so does our troubles compound. But in the prepared life is our strength. Imagine that God said that I have anointed David to be a king and to be a warrior and no enemy will be able to stand before Imagine David as a shepherd after this vision had come. And if he had stayed a shepherd, what would be the outcome of this story? We will not have David and Goliath's story. We will not have David fighting the Philistine story. We will not have David fighting the Amalekite story. We will not have David playing the harp for Saul's story. If he had stayed this evening, I see that the Lord is calling somebody to your prepared life. To your prepared life. I don't know what you are believing God for, but this evening I do feel strongly in my spirit that the angel of destiny is released to bring people into destiny this is destiny the prepared life that is the story of destiny what have i been born for what am i on this earth for why have i been born as a black man black woman why have i been born as a short person a tall person why have i been born to a a disadvantaged family or an advantaged family it is all about the prepared life. The life in Christ. The life that I now live. Do you see this life, this career? Do you see it telling the story of the Christ? Do you see Christ living his life through you? In the place that you find yourself. If you don't, he's calling you to turn around. He's calling you to turn around. The career that you are pursuing. Somebody said, what if I have started? Well, it is never too late to turn back. (laughs) But somebody said, but I've been doing this for too long. (laughs) Well, I want to tell you that God is the God of time. He said that every year, everything that the caterpillar, the palmer worm, the the canker worm, and the great army worm, I will restore it. We are in the season of restoration and God... This evening wants to restore you and I to the prepared life. It is the place of power. It is the place of grace. It is the place of mercy. It is the place of the anointing. It is the place of glory. It is the place of healing. It is the place of miracles. It is the place of majesty. The prepared life. The prepared life. It is the life in Christ. Yes. The storms may arise, 
but just as he anointed Christ to still the storm, so he will anoint us in this, in, in this journey and in this path to still every storm. He will anoint your lips. When you speak, your words will not be ordinary. He will anoint your brain. When you make suggestions, men, just like somebody traveled all the way from Ethiopia to come and listen to wisdom from the mouth of a man in Jerusalem, so men will travel to listen. So people will pay for the wisdom that comes out of your brain. Because your brain is anointed by God. And your brain will build nations. Your brain will build corporations. Your brain will build families. Your brain will build... Oh. Bash Kavadabaya. Wherever you are, I want you to spend the next five minutes begin pray. Pray that God, give me this prepared life. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.